This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska, and supporting listeners like you. Go to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click donate, or visit Patreon.com backslash TwoHeadedNerd to become a supporter today. Hacha! Our story this week picks up where we left off last week. Broadcasting from the Ziggurat at Omaha, deep below the metro area, it's our pleasure to welcome you to episode 489 of the Two-Headed Nerd comic book podcast. My name is Matt Baum. And as always, I'm the internet's Joe Patrick. If you're just tuning in, my life partner Matt and I are cursed to share one body after stumbling across an ancient ziggurat buried thousands of years ago in the rubble of an ancient society. Now, instead of curing cancer or ending Donald Trump's evil reign, we use our powers to help you make an informed comic book buying choice every week. It was the only responsible thing to do. On this week's pulse-pounding episode, we dig into Scott Snyder's Justice League and the Immortal Hulk. My pulse is pounding. (laughs) After that, we'll review eight more comics during the ludicrous speed round. Then we'll explore the dark secrets of next week's comics in the TGN Sanctum Sanctorum. And finally, our third head, Willie Toots, will join us to talk video games for twiddling our thumbstick segment. But before we try to learn how to live in a world without Anthony Bourdain. What the fuck, man? It's a bummer. We better talk about this week's nerd news. Nerd news. To celebrate the imprint's 25th anniversary, DC Entertainment has announced a line-wide relaunch and rebrand of its venerable Vertigo publishing imprint. So is this the Vertigo relaunch relaunch? Yeah, because they just relaunched Vertigo, didn't they, like two years ago? Yeah, I mean, not even that long ago, I don't think. I think it was 2016. Was it? Yeah. Okay. It's time for the big relaunch relaunch. Uh, The new head cheese of Vertigo is editor Mark Doyle. I'm sorry, executive editor Mark Doyle. And instead of just being called... That's executive head cheese to you, sir. Executive head cheese. (laughs) Episode title. Uh, Instead of just being called Vertigo, now it's called DC Vertigo because everyone was real confused. Yeah, I had no idea. Uh, And as always, it will focus on modern, socially relevant, and inventive stories. Blobbity, blobbity, bloop, blop. There is a ton of really interesting sounding new titles coming down the pike. They announced eight new titles. Uh, Half are coming out this year. Half are launching in early 2019. And you've got people like uh, video game. uh, I don't know what you call a video game personality. I guess she's like a video game journalist, Zoe Quinn. Okay. And <laughs> you would call her a video game journalist. Yeah, I guess. Sorry. I just don't know why I couldn't come up with that word. Uh, <laughs> I know. And also uh, the art director for nine inch nails is going to write a comic. Weird. Yeah. Mark Doyle has been with the vertigo line before he started at DC at vertigo in 2006, but then he spent, spent a bunch of time editing uh, Batman titles, which he did a great job. They put out some really great books. Uh, very infamously, he left the Batman titles because uh, he did not agree with a decision Tom King made. Oh, yeah. Um, I remember that. And yeah. everyone was like, oh, wait, is Tom King a dick? He just like stuck to his guns, man. He's like, look, this is my story. This is the story I want to tell. And Mark Doyle was like, OK, well, I'm out, I guess. Yeah, I remember that. But yeah, um, of all these books, we're not going to list them all because there's a ton. You can go and find all this information on any comic book website. But I think the one I'm most excited about is this new book from Mark Russell called Second Coming, 
Uh, Mark Russell, of course, wrote Prez and the Flintstones and uh, Snagglepuss. Uh, and art is going to be by Richard Pace. And it's about God sending Jesus to Earth uh, so that he can learn the tricks of the family trade from Earth's greatest superhero. <laughs> Weird. I know. It sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch of really cool people writing these, too. Like Tina Horn, who is the host producer of Why Are People Into That? It's a sex podcast. Uh, Man, Brian Hill has a new one. Rob Sheridan, who's a former art director of Nine Inch Nails, as you said. His book, High Level, I got to check this out. It's got art by Barnaby Bagenda. Oh, I love it. Really, yeah, it looks fucking awesome. It takes place hundreds of years after the world ended and human society was rebuilt from scratch. A self-interested smuggler with a price on her head is forced to traverse a new continent of danger and mystery to deliver a child messiah to high-level mythical city to a high-level mythical city. They forgot the A. Atop the world from which no one has ever returned. This is all just like crazy old school vertigo ideas, you know, just like in worlds that couldn't exist in the regular DCU told with no rules whatsoever. And they all sound really cool. Yeah. Yes. It is ridiculous that it's taking them this long to get their footing with vertigo. And yes, we're laughing about them relaunching the relaunch. I'm saying just do it. Just do it. We don't need to do a big celebration. Just call it DC Vertigo and do it. But this all looks great. Yeah. And, you know, they're kicking it all off with the um, the Sandman universe. Which uh, is not Vertigo. It correct? is Vertigo. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it it's is. part of it. Yeah. Okay. And so it's, it's going to lead off with like one of Vertigo's most, probably Vertigo's most famous title ever. Making a comeback in the, in these four Sandman spinoff titles. And they're doing it right. Like, I'm really glad that they're rebuilding Vertigo instead of just like shunting it off to the side or. or oh, definitely. Because when they started doing shit like we're going to put Swamp Thing and Hellblazer back in the DC universe, like Vertigo immediately became toothless for many years. Well, not just toothless. It it was barely even a thing. Right. I mean, they even stopped vert- putting Vertigo on the cover of books for a while. A while there that were definitely vertigo books or left us asking each other, are these vertigo books? Yeah. You know, it, there was some it, puzzling decisions where they put out some mature readers books, but they were just under DC. Yeah. It just made no sense. Yeah. We know what it is. Put it on the cover and we know this is going to be a little more adult than the other world. It's probably not superhero based, although there may be superheroes in it. Not important. This is separate. This is vertigo. That's what we need. And it, just stick to it. Let's go. Yeah. It's good news. And from the old knucklehead desk, Marvel's announced the return of Wolverine. Number one by writer Charles Soule and artist, you guessed it, Steve McNiven. Wolverine's coming back? I hadn't heard. I know. It's a huge surprise for everyone. Marvel describes the five-issue limited series as the third part of a trilogy following the death of Wolverine and the hunt for Wolverine and has confirmed a newsarama. It is the Wolverine number one that they had previously teased. Remember that? Yeah, they teased it in like the, (laughs) it was like in the letters page of a comic. They said like, watch out for the new Wolverine number one. Yep. And then they went, well, not yet. First, we got to hunt for him and look for him and go find him. (laughs) According to Soul, Wolverine's return brings some new twists on the fan favorite mutant powers, which I don't know what that means and that makes me squirm a little bit though the circumstances of his resurrection are still under wraps which pounds home 
that we are not going to learn anything in these miniseries that are currently running right now. Oh, yeah, so no. don't waste your time or money. Yeah, I mean, they might, like, some of them might even be a fun read, but they are definitely not where you're going to get the story of the return of Wolverine. I read the first issue of all of them, and I can safely say I feel nothing. Not they're not bad. There's no, but I literally feel nothing. Um, I thought the de- I thought the one that starred Daredevil was decent, but yeah, the rest of them were really. You like the Inhuman cop that Charles Soule just like can't let go. I man, I don't give a crap about that character. Regardless, yes, I want Wolverine back. I'm excited to have him back. We should have a monthly Wolverine, but they've got to clean everything up first, and that means getting rid of Old Man Wolverine. It does not make any sense to have them both there. I agree, but you are kind of uh, you're missing the biggest piece of this news story. Did you read the rest of the story before we started recording? The quote here. Uh huh. Well, I was about to go into it. I just wanted to touch on the fact that. If they're not careful, we're going to have three Wolverines. Well, we already have. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, we've got Dokken. We've got Wolverine. We've got Old Man Logan. But, but we've even Dokken is not Wolverine. He's we've got X-23. We've got X-23's baby clone. Like, yeah. there's our, we've got a Wolverine family already, and it's we've, getting kind of ridiculous. We've got to clean some house. The one thing that's really bothering me here, and it's when they start talking about his new powers, He's going to have hot claws now. Hot claws. <laughs> From time to time, this according to Charles Soule, when he pops his claws, they can heat up. They can get really hot. Yeah, that's... <laughs> what What does that mean? Like, if you want to tell me the Wolverine's fighting someone with fire powers and his claws get hot because they're metal, and when fire, you know, hits metal, it heats it up, fine. But... Why are his claws heating up? Is this a secondary mutation shit? Are I, we doing this again? I do not need Wolverine to have another superpower. I don't. No, no. There's fundamentally nothing wrong with the character. No one was out there going, don't get me wrong. I'm fine with Wolverine. I just wish he had more powers. No one is saying that. Man, oh, he's coming back now and he's got laser claws. Totally. And this time he's poisonous, you know, or whatever. I mean, like, <laughs> who cares? Wolverine's back from the dead and he's got a new power. He's got really great breath all the time. Right. It's like they just can't leave it alone. They can't just do the job and just bring him back. And we're going to talk about the Hulk later on. But I feel like Marvel just did a wonderful job in that. No bullshit. No huge miniseries just went, hey, look, the Hulk is back. And he's scary again. There you go. Just do it. This is so dumb. Yeah, I don't understand the fanfare. Like... and look, I mean, I understand it because I, it's all about money. So these yeah, these books mean, must be selling something. We or they fundamentally do understand it. it. But yeah, it's just, it's so silly. Just bring him back, get it over with. Do it in an exercised one-shot special if you must. Sure. But and in that special, or do the lead up and kill off all these other Wolverines. You know what I mean? Use the lead up to clean house a bit so when Wolverine comes back, he is Wolverine. It's just him. Yeah, there. It's all alone. I'm I'm just done with it. I'm over it. And this the Steve McNiven promo art that they showed is bad. Yeah. Well, the last time we saw him, he did that uh, that one shot that set off all the hunts for Wolverine. The art was not good. Yeah, I don't like some something's happened. I don't know if he's like taking less time or he doesn't care. Yeah, it's just it's not he's not delivering his best work. No, no, this is not the Steve McNiven we loved. Yeah, I'm totally over this. Speaking of things I'm totally over, 
Jared Leto has signed on to star and executive produce a standalone Joker film branching out from his role in 2016's Suicide Squad. Thank the maker. This, this <laughs> comes from Variety. Come on. It's like the Warner Brothers never had a bad idea they couldn't beat into the dirt, you know? Yep. <laughs> According to Variety, they describe this as part of a series of Suicide Squad spinoffs. Thank God for that. I can't wait uh, for the Captain Boomerang movie. Oh. Uh, uh, this is also included in uh, with the Birds of Prey film that's co-starring Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. Variety also reports that Leto and Warner Brothers are currently looking for a screenwriter, so they don't even have anybody no. to write this piece of shit. No, which means they don't have an idea, which means they've got nothing. They just went, hey, you want to make a Joker movie? And Jared Leto's like, fuck yeah, I do. And they're like, cool. I bet it's going to be awesome. Do you know, you know what? Like they... They have nothing. There's nothing in the works. There's no reason to do this. There's no push. We had no unanswered questions from the piece of shit Suicide Squad movie other than why was the Joker even there? You know, I mean, he did nothing for that story or that film. Yeah. The, nothing. The suits, the suits and Warner at uh, Warner Brothers are just like, oh, you know what? Everybody loved. Everybody universally loved Juggalo Joker. Oh, yeah. Everybody. Right? He's so cool. He's Absolutely. sworn to the black. Look He's at down all the, the action figures they sold. I mean, come on, you yeah. know? <laughs> Launched a whole line of Funko Pops. Yeah, this is, it's just dumb. And ugh, it's just dumb. And I don't care. And I don't want it. And I find it very hard to believe that anybody does. I don't even think the Zack Snyder bros out there gave a shit about this Joker. All they talk about is Batman versus Superman and Justice League and how rad it would have been if they would have let Zack Snyder, you know, live out his dark fantasies or whatever. No one, none of them are saying, and you know what else? The Joker. Yeah, we should have had more of that. No <laughs> one is saying that. And on top of all this, this will be separate from the Todd Phillips and Martin Scorsese yeah. Joker origin movie, yeah, uh, which apparently has Joaquin Phoenix in talks to play the Joker. I don't know if that's happening anymore. He came out and said something about it. I don't know. But regardless, I don't need that either. No, I don't. And like, I don't need that either. uh, Leto was uh, in a previous interview. Leto told Variety like, yeah, I'm a little confused by all this, too. Yeah. (laughs) Not even the stars understand what the fuck is happening. No, no. They're just right now. They're just accepting checks, basically, and going, yeah, all right. Tell me what you want me to do. Okay. Yeah. I just (laughs) it's. Yeah, they need to stop. Every time the WB makes a, a positive step forward with something like Wonder Woman, they do this. They do something yeah. like this. Yeah, five steps backwards, literally. <sighs> and I'll tell you what, I, I will wager on this right now. If I enjoy this film, this new Joker movie, if I like it, I will get fucking damaged, tattooed on my fucking forehead. All right? <laughs> there. <laughs> Fuck this. It's so stupid. You gotta get a grill too, though. Oh, I already have one. Oh, okay. (laughs) So there's your nerd news and analysis for this week. Be sure to head over to the THN forums and let us know what you think about these stories and everything we missed. You can find them by heading to twoheadednerd.com and clicking on the forums button. It's review time in the ziggurat, and this week Matt and I are tackling some titans. Matt. Why don't you start us off with this new nightmarish version of the Jade Giant? 
I'd love to. This week I'm reviewing Immortal Hulk, number one from Marvel. It's written by Al Ewing with art by Joe Bennett. It is 40 pages for $4.99, although it felt like a really quick read for 40 pages. Here's your solicit. You'd never notice the man. He doesn't like to be noticed. He's quiet. He's calm. He never complains. Why, if someone were to walk up and shoot him in the head, all he'd do is die. Until night falls and someone else gets up again. Which they should have said, like, and a monster rises or something. Not, and someone else gets up again. Yeah, give it some gravitas, guys. Come on. (laughs) The last time we checked in with Bruce Banner, Hawkeye had just murdered him in the pages of Civil War II. But don't worry, it was cool. Bruce Banner asked Hawkeye to kill him, so no charges were filed. And after it was all over, we just pretended like the whole crossover never happened. Well... No one in the MCU stays dead long, and recently there's been some sightings of the Jade Giant again, but it seems no sign of Bruce. There's no answers as to how Bruce came back here, but he's been laying low, and when we first meet him, he gets shot in the face again. But instead of instantly hulking out, he just drops dead. Much like the original version of the Hulk, this time Bruce transforms with the rising of the full moon like some kind of zombie werewolf. But this zombie werewolf is out for vengeance. Al Ewing's Hulk seems to be a cross between the raging green giant and the gray Hulk who could speak in full sentences and also dressed like a gangster in zoot suits. Ewing's tale of the Hulk's return is drawn by the almost unrecognizable Joe Bennett. Bennett's paneling is pretty straightforward, but the depth of his art is just amazing. Amazing. He's using this real tight line shading in the spirit of Bernie Wrightson, and it makes the Hulk look huge and just absolutely menacing. The same effect brings out the terror in the faces of the Hulk's victims. I, I credit the inker, Rye Jose, I think, or... Is that who it was? Like I, I unfortunately don't have the comic in front of me, but yeah, looked, he's, he's known for a... What? It looked amazing. The art is beautiful, and I think the combination of Bennett's detailed pencils and the inkers very like kind of thick uh there's a lot of like little hatching there it adds a lot of depth oh yeah everything definitely paul mounts is great on coloring here too and he does this thing whenever the hulk shows up where he shades the background of the night in purple to clash with the green of the hulk and it makes him just like eerily glow and look even scarier. I loved looking at this. There's a perfectly iconic final splash page that lets the reader know how deep of trouble Bruce really is in at this point. And the mystery of how we got here has me on board for more. I love it when the Hulk is treated as a monster. And this seems like a great return to the Hulk of old. And like we said, without the fanfare and the bullshit and the parades that are leading up to Wolverine's return, who's already back this Ewing just pulled the trigger gave us a great issue i'm on board for more buy it yeah this comic was amazing you said it was a quick read and i agree but not in a way that felt cheap you know i didn't feel cheated it was very cinematic yeah it just it carried the pacing was so good that it just carried you right through the book right uh that that lead up with the six panel grid where the the guys robbing the convenience store and Bruce dies. Yeah. It's so well laid out. Um it's like I said very cinematic. It was like it was like reading a movie. Yeah. And it was just perfectly paced. This Hulk is fucking scary and huge. Yes, and I was not expecting him to talk like that. 
Yeah, he just comes right out and he is speaking. And he's making sense. He is trying to scare his victims. Like yeah. he is a scary monster. Yeah, he's calculating and he's sinister. And that final page where oh man. This was so good. Yeah. And th- I love this take on the Hulk. Al Ewing, kudos, man. This is a huge buy it from me. If you I would go so far as to say this. If you're not a Hulk fan or if you've never really read Hulk before, pick this up because this is such a fresh take on the character. It's not what you're expecting. No, I totally agree. Joe Patrick, we got a new Justice League. Why don't you tell us all about it? Oh, man, I will. Justice League number one from DC Comics, written by Scott Snyder with art by Jim Chung, inks by Mark Morales, colors by... Tomu More. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, Tomu. Tomu. <laughs> Tomu. Tomo Arigato, Mr. More. Oh, come on. And letters by Tom <laughs> Napolitano. It's 32 pages for $3.99. Here's your solicit. The Totality! Part one. A brand new era begins here. Comics legends, blah, 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 launch the Justice League into a cosmos shaking mystery that will draw out their most terrible foes in ways our heroes couldn't possibly imagine. In this debut issue, Martian Manhunter struggles to protect the team from an incoming threat that will shatter the world as they know it, while a familiar face strikes out on a dark path. As the solicit said, a cosmic threat is coming for Earth from 85,000 years in the future and 85,000 years in the past. But how? I don't know. As the (laughs) Justice League is reborn with a new roster and headquarters that celebrates the League's history. Speaking of history, DC hasn't admitted it yet, but I think you can kiss that bullshit New 52 five-year timeline goodbye. Yeah. This Justice League honors its members from years past especially the Martian Manhunter. You remember how John was never part of the league in the new 52? Nope. He's always been there. He's just been on a bit of a break. He needed a break. Sure. This new league Stormwatch bullshit, right? Yeah, sure. (laughs) Exactly. This new league operates a bit differently. It goes beyond the core group of eight. It's more like the Justice League Unlimited cartoon series where the league is comprised of whomever is needed in a given situation. So, like, they're battling these creatures from all four corners of the globe, and you've got one squad where Batman's in armor, and you've got Green Arrow there, and uh, Plastic Man is helping out. They really just call in whatever they need to get the job done. Snyder instills more personality into these heroes than any writer since the Morrison-Wade-Kelly era in the late 90s, early 2000s. These guys have been working together for years. They're friends. They tease Batman and they treat each other with affection and respect. That was great. They, I, oh, yeah. At like, first, I was like, wait a minute. Why are we doing this? And then by the time they like really got into it, I was like, OK, this is actually pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> There's no grimacing or distrust or backstabbing. Meanwhile, Lex Luthor, who has been kind of spun out by the events of No Justice, He seems to have abandoned the hero's path and he has assembled a new legion of doom to take advantage of the cosmic force that's coming to earth. Snyder's Lex is cold and calculating genius. He's a dozen steps ahead of the oldest man alive, but he's also ready and willing to be savagely brutal. And that scene was tough. Justice league. Number one is unbelievably beautiful. Jim Chung 
whose art hasn't graced a DC comic in 20 years, feels like he's right back at home in the DC universe. Everything on the page is appropriately epic. And with inker Mark Morales and colorist Tomu Morey, Chung delivers some of the best work he's ever done. Even the lettering by Tom Napolitano contributes to the visual aspect of it. He does like little color effects that indicate which character is speaking telepathically, which I really liked. That was awesome. And when they were teasing Batman, they would have like scratchy text to imitate his his gruff Christian Bale voice. Yeah, there's a great scene where Wonder Woman is like fighting. She's like, don't worry, I can handle it. I'm the goddamn Wonder Woman. (laughs) That was awesome. (laughs) And everyone's like, ha, ha. And I love Batman's like, I don't sound like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and the idea that like, Everyone agrees that Superman does the best Batman voice. Yeah, like, yeah, it was great. (laughs) With all the hype surrounding this relaunch, Snyder and team had huge expectations to meet, and they absolutely deliver. I'm more excited about the future of the Justice League than I have been in probably a decade or more. It's a huge buy it. Yeah, I'm with you here. And they did everything right. I, I like they didn't try to fucking explain anything. They didn't try to like set up a time jumper. They're just like, here, here's a Justice League. Fuck it. Just read it and enjoy. And they leaned into the ridiculousness of the Justice League right away with this time spanning story, like right out of the Grant Morrison playbook without perhaps all of Grant Morrison's mind bending weirdness, but just enough to make it super science super action, you know, like you've got Batman leading a team underground wearing this ridiculous armor. You've got the flash, you know, in Antarctica, you've got wonder woman in the jungle and they're all on separate justice league teams doing justice league shit. And God, it looked so cool. Not to mention the fact Jimmy Chung could have just walked into this and done splash page after splash page after splash page, but he packs every single page with as much Jimmy Chung as possible. Yeah. And it was dense, man. It was really dense and really well executed. Like to contrast it against the Hulk where the Hulk like had kind of a slow burn and room to breathe. Yeah. It was creepy and wide open. This This book was was only 22 pages of story, 20 maybe pages of story. And it felt like 40. (laughs) Absolutely. There was so much here. And, they, they did so much just to bring it back and make it feel like the Justice League that we all wanted, including welcoming the Martian Manhunter back in and showing how much everyone loves him and needs him on this team. He's instantly the heart of the team again. And I don't feel like Cyborg was shunted off or anything because of it. He's still very much there and very much important, just perhaps playing the role that Cyborg should be playing, not the role of the Martian Manhunter. You know what I mean? Right. And you got the ju- the Hall of Justice is back. You've got the Legion of Doom is back. I mean, this was a wonderful relaunch for Justice League, and it's been a long time since I've been able to say that. I'm very excited for this book, and I'm giving it a buy. I mean, and I'm not taking anything away from Christopher Priest's excellent run. No, but but he he was also dealing with somebody else's setup. Yep, exactly. This and they're not. Unfortunately, they're not going to give Christopher priest that chance to run with the justice league and do whatever he wants. His name just isn't big enough right now. Yeah, I agree that this book resets the justice league back to their status as like the number one group in the DC universe. Whereas for the last five plus years, I couldn't have given a shit. 
Yeah. Well, they've just been a mess. Yeah. You know, and not to mention that, like, they haven't known what to do with the Justice League in the sense that, like, yes, they're Earth's Mightiest Heroes, but they're not acting like Earth's Mightiest Heroes. That's the Avengers, bro. No, I get it. But you know what I mean. They're the most, they're gods amongst men. And the first thing that happens in this story is they have this huge battle with these Neanderthals that are trying to destroy the world. And the world is fucked, completely fucked afterwards. They're like, all right, Swamp Thing and Animal Man are weaving the planet back together. And uh, -and so-and-so and Vixen are getting all the megafauna to help do this. Whew, that was close. You know, it's it's like, like it was nothing. No, yeah, we're right back to exactly what the Justice League should be doing. And I loved it. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something there. Sorry. Great. <laughs> Way to stick the landing. Yeah. <laughs> this just feels like the Justice League. This feels like the Justice League that I know, and I really loved it. It's a I- perfect mix between the animated Justice League we loved and the best things about Grant Morrison's Justice League. Grant Morrison and Mark Wade's Justice League, I would say. It's yeah, I totally agree. And even they, they, there's lots of, for DC, longtime DC continuity nerds, there's a lot of like cool nods to the past, like uh, the costume gallery that's full of the costumes from Justice League Detroit oh, yeah. in the 80s. Oh, yeah. It's 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 really good, guys. When they open with Our Man, 85,000 yeah, years Yeah, Justice now. League 1 million. Right. Whoa! (laughs) Yeah, I loved it. So that is a double buy it for the Immortal Hulk and a double buy it for Justice League. We will post these written reviews over at twitternerd.com so you nerds can uh, dissect them, take them apart, tell us what we got wrong. And I don't know, maybe even agree with us for a change. But yeah, uh, stop being a jerk about it. Yeah. Hit us up. Let's talk about these comics on the THN forums, kids. It's the coolest place on the internet. Talking Well, the Stanley Cup has been handed to the Capitals. Boo! LeBron was sent home with his tail between his legs by the Warriors. Sort of, yeah. And now, (laughs) Matt is about to settle in for a long, boring summer of golf and Major League Baseball. Ooh, sounds great. But instead of napping until he hears the crack of the bat or the applause of the gallery... What? I... I've had the Moloids install a driving range and batting cages in the cavern to keep the old guy moving. Matt, get up. It's time to go hit some dingers and review eight more comics during the Ludicrous Speed Round. Ludicrous Speed, go! Aberrant, number one from Action Lab, Danger Zone. This was an interesting little tale about a soldier whose unit was wiped out by a group of rogue superhumans who then signs on to be part of the group tasked with keeping them in check. Whoa. I quite enjoyed the concept and script by Ryland Grant, artist, and I am real sorry about this, yeah. but this guy is from the Eastern Bloc, artist Zombor Hazuka. Who sounds like a vampire hunter, right? <laughs> kind of. He has kind of a Bernie Wrightson vibe to his work, but there are several inconsistent moments where it gets oddly cartoonish. It was a fun read, a little shaky in the execution. Aberrant gets a strong skimmit. See, now I thought Danger Zone was just full on like booby comics. Now, yeah, like zombie know, tramp and zombie shit. Zombie tramp, but apparently not. No, it's just the mature reader's imprint, and sometimes they put out something that's actually worth reading. Gotcha. 
Ant-Man and the Wasp, number one of five from Marvel. In Mighty Marvel fashion, this Wednesday saw not one, but two Ant-Man and the Wasp comics hit the stand. So, for clarity, this is just Ant-Man and the Wasp, not Ant-Man and the Wasp Living Legends, which sucked. It was terrible. I read them both. <laughs> Here, Mark Wade and artist Javier Garon take Scott and Nadia Van Dyne on an adventure into the microverse. Wade captures Paul Rudd's quippy dialogue perfectly, but also his good guy soul, where he spars with powerful and intelligent, but also much younger Wasp. They sort of set it up like, that's ah, like the movie, but, you know, the, this wasp is uh, still a little girl. Garen's art was awesome, but I admit I'm a fool for microverse stories. So bring on Bug and the Micronauts and Marvel still has the rights to. I'm giving this a buy it. Cloak and Dagger, number one from Marvel. Marvel dropped this digital exclusive on Comixology with no promotion whatsoever. Yep. Like, literally, they didn't announce that this project was even coming out. You'd think, though, that they'd throw a little marketing muscle behind it considering the new show hit Freeform the very next day, but what do I know? I'm not the executive head cheese over there. Writer Dennis Hopeless has a great take on Tandy and Tyrone who have broken up but still can't seem to stay apart. Artist David Messina, who's done great work on IDW's Star Trek line, is fantastic here. I love Cloak and Dagger. I'm glad to see him return to comics, and this was a fun first issue. I'm giving it a buy it. Okay. Deadpool number one from Marvel. As one Deadpool run ends, so another begins, and this time it's written by artist Scotty Young. Young splits the story into three parts to great effect as we find out a cosmic world-ending threat is rocketing toward Earth just in time for a summer event centered around the Merc with a Mouth, which he points out several times. <laughs> Young's script is a fourth-wall-breaking, tongue-in-cheek good time that any Deadpool fan will love, and teenage Negasonic What's-Her-Face is here, too, for reasons, I guess. But if you need a Deadpool read, Look, you can't go wrong here. It's Deadpool. You know what you're getting into. This was well done. I'm giving it a buy it. Batman number 48 from DC. The Joker has learned that Batman and Catwoman are getting hitched, and he is not too happy about it. Tom King and Mikkel Jannon offer up a tense story. What do they call that? What do they call those episodes of television where like they take place in one room and they don't really is it like a bottle episode? I think they're called something like that. This is like a bottle episode of Batman. It all takes place in this one room of a church where the Joker has slaughtered all these people and he's got Batman's attention. It was super tense and the Joker just needed to have a deep, meaningful chat with Batman about their relationship, I guess. Fair enough. I'm loving Tom King's run overall, and Janin's work on this series has been phenomenal. Yeah, he's so good. Get your tucks to the cleaners. The wedding is almost here. Batman 48 gets a buy it. Brother Nash, number one from Titan. Brother Nash is a truck-driving spirit guide of the highway, helping lost ghosts find their way to the afterlife. And if that was all that was going on here, I'd be fine with it. But the story jumps back and forth from Brother Nash to his hitchhiking passenger so fast that it was just impossible to follow. By the time it was over, I had way too many questions as to what happened, and the art certainly didn't help anything. I'm giving this a leave it. Doctor Strange, number one from Marvel. Mark Wade and Jesus Sayez launch the Doctor in an interesting new direction. When Doctor Strange loses his connection to magic on Earth, there's only one place he can turn. Outer space! Shits! Wade does a great job injecting the book with some old-school comic book gravitas, and Jesus Sayez is one of the best artists working today. 
You can't go wrong with Doctor Strange number one. It's a buy it. Okay. The unexpected number one from DC. I have heard great things about this. Yet another series spins out of metal. And just like the others, it's cuckoo crazy. (laughs) First, Steve Orlando introduces us to the new Firebrand, a genetically altered sort of cyborg thing with a heart called the Conflict Engine that keeps her alive as long as she's in a fight every 24 hours. Which... Why? (laughs) Regardless, awesome. (laughs) Seems like a complicated glitch. Right. From there, we meet a team of interdimensional heroes chasing an interdimensional macho man, Randy Savage, from hell, and fun ensues. This was the first of the metal spinoffs that really grabbed me, and the art by Kerry Nord and Ryan Sook was eye-bendingly amazing. This is just wacky interdimensional DC fun, and I'm giving it a huge buy uh, this is the book that I, I read uh, on Twitter. This book officially kicks the door open on the DC multiverse and says 52 bullshit. There's like a th- infinite Earths again. Yeah, it's yeah. Because it they go to like Earth 970 and Earth. They're all over the place. Yeah. yeah. They're just said, no, multiverse is here. Deal with it. Heavy into it. Wham! That is your ludicrous speed round and wham! is the sound of Moon Knight punching himself in the face. Whoa. As seen in the pages of Moon Knight number 189. This was submitted by JD Gotta Catch Em All on Facebook. If you want to submit an onomatopoeia of the week, give yourself a good whacking and then hit us up on any of our social media platforms or shoot an email to twoheadednerd at gmail.com. So there's been some strange time disruptions in the THN Sanctum Sanctorum. Joe, we better get a full spectral analysis here, and let's go ahead with that blood magic spring cleaning, just to be safe. While I get some of these readings, why why don't you tell the nerds about your must-read pick for next week? I don't like what's going on here, I'll be honest. It's spooky, for sure. Yeah. My pick is Bloodstrike number zero from Image Comics. You might be saying, hey, Joe. Didn't you say that Bloodstrike number one was the worst comic book you've ever read? Yes, you did. As a matter, and of I fact. think I did. Yeah, yeah. But this comic is written and illustrated by Copra's Michelle Fifa. It's thirty-two pages for three ninety-nine. Here's your solicit. Brutalists, part one. In the spirit of Bloodstrike's groundbreaking carnage, the creator behind the indie hit Copra shines a light on Image's most extreme series. Witness the origin of Cabot as he launches his undead strike force upon the world. Look, I don't care about Bloodstrike. I don't. Nobody does. Nobody cares about (laughs) Bloodstrike. But I love Michelle FIFA, and I am definitely on board for his take on one of Rob Liefeld's most stupid franchises. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. This is going to be so much fun. And this is the perfect place to take a guy like Michelle Fifa and just unleash him on the world. Go ahead. <laughs> so it kicks off with this zero issue. And then the next, uh, the next installment is in the Bloodstrike ongoing series, which I can't believe it's still a thing. I know. Unreal. Ma- Matt, tell me about your pick and please let it be a little bit more palatable. My pick for next week is Hawkman. Number one from DC. It's written by Robert Venditti with art by Brian Hitch. It's 32 pages for three ninety nine. Spitting out of the events of Dark Knight Metal, which, you know what, we missed, and I can't believe we missed this, but we missed a real chance here to do like a finger tapping guitar, like, 
every time we say metal. <laughs> That's on you, man. You're the I know. producer. I can't believe I missed out on that. Carter Hall returns to the DC Universe, an explorer of the ancient and unknown. Hawkman finds himself embroiled in a long-standing mission to discover the true purpose of his many reincarnations. Carter races around the globe, trying to piece together an ancient prophecy. But will he be able to face down his past lives lurking around every corner? I read the most recent uh, Hawkman. Was it a special? Is that what they gave us? Was it a metal? Yeah, it was a metal tie-in. It was like Hawkman found. Yeah, it was a metal special. That's right. And I really enjoyed it. It was by this creative team. It looks like they're going to try and do Hawkman right again. I love Hawkman. This is going to be brutal. It's going to be fun. It's going to be hyper serious. And I can't wait. I'm in. Should be good. The THN trade of the week goes to It Will All Hurt. I love that title. <laughs> it's a trade paperback from Image Comics written and illustrated by Farrell Dalrymple. It's 176 pages for $18.99. Here's your solicit. A weird, sad, silly, sketchy, and dreamy watercolor fantasy action quest in which Alamendra Clementine and her crew of antisocial adventurers all come together on a psych-apocalyptic world to take down an evil wizard. This Eisner Award-nominated webcomic began as a loose stream-of-consciousness exercise and exploration of the comic book medium, and it takes place in the same world as Feral Dalrymple's graphic novel, The Wrenchies, uh, which is amazing. So good. It collects uh, It Will All Hurt 1 through 3, plus all six chapters of the webcomic. Feral Dalrymple, man, that dude is awesome. He can't. He can do no wrong. Yeah. His works are so creative and they're just out there, man. Amazing. Pick this up. It's going to be great. Yeah, I'm excited for this one, too. Now that you know our picks, get a hold of your retailer and add these comics to your pull files right friggin' now. Then, next Wednesday, barring any major time-jumping capers... What? Hint, hint at possible things to come. Let us know what you thought of these comics. I don't want to time travel, Matt. I don't Ah. have the budget. Nobody wants to time travel, Joe. (laughs) Matt's always saying that he likes to keep the main show comic-centric, but... Fuck that, because E3 is upon us. And it only seemed right to invite our occasional third head, Jared Wooly Tutsavitas. The Quato, dude. I'm the Quato. The Quato of this uh, body. For another installment of Twiddling Our Thumbsticks, Jared, welcome to the Ziggurat. Thank you for having me. I feel really privileged to be here today. Well, you are, so as Joe that's an appropriate said, response. As Joe mentioned, E3 is upon us, and we have some right out of the conference E3 news to start us off. BioWare's Anthem release date apparently leaked ahead of EA's E3 2018 press conference. What is, I don't know, no Anthem. Anthem is sort of like a Destiny-style MMO multiplayer oh, adventure game. Yeah, it's kind of a. This is their answer to Destiny. It's kind of a Mass Effect y looking. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's more. Um, it's got kind of a superhero vibe. Like everybody's flying around in Iron Man suits and has powers and stuff. 
Uh, and not like literally superheroes like with spandex, but more sci-fi like I've got a suit that lets me fly. Right. This looks like Destiny meets Overwatch. Yes, exactly. Overwatch. Excellent right? comparison. With everything that Jared and I really liked about the Mass Effect multiplayer. God damn, that was fun. It was fun. Mass Effect 3 <laughs> multiplayer was fantastic. It was great. Yeah. Was Remember Green Team? Green, yeah, green Team, team dude. <laughs> Oh, shit, green team. We can get Those the green, good days. We can get the green, we can get team, the green team back. I didn't really dig into Overwatch because I felt like everybody already had, and I would just be lost if I came oh, in, look, and I didn't want to be that the, dipshit. Total aside, Overwatch is a multiplayer game for people that are not good at multiplayer games. That's what I hear. That's what I hear. So and don't even worry about that. Overwatch is a fantastic experience and you should definitely play it. Yeah. For me though, I couldn't get into Destiny because I'm not a huge Grinder? I don't play a lot of multiplayer because I play video games at weird times. And you don't have any friends. Yeah. I'm 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 with you there, Joe. Like I, uh, my my matchup times quit matching up. I had an ongoing weekly uh game meetup with eight bucks 50 and uh our work schedules changed and then that was it we should try yeah we should try and get back into this we should try and get back into a a we should and anthem anthem would probably be a great game to try it with yeah because playing with strangers is the worst red dead is gonna be the way if we're gonna see any red dead info that would be great i'm not convinced that it's gonna happen they announced all the like super buy-in additions Good God. Yeah, you're going to see Red Dead stuff. E3 just started like two hours ago. I know, I know. So, okay, Anthem is coming February 19th for everybody. PS4, Xbox, and PC, February 19th. There you go. Uh, I know Jared's really excited about Crackdown, but I got bad news. Crackdown 3 has been delayed to next year. I think I love the idea. uh, Like, the first Crackdown I loved so much, and I played a lot. The second one, I... I, I played a, I played it for a while, but I quickly phased out of it. Uh, so I guess I just love the idea behind the Crackdown series more so. So hopefully right. this third one will you know pull me back in as great as that first one did. Yeah, Crackdown was fun. I do remember playing. Crackdown that. was a blast. That was a good time. The, yeah, the original Crackdown was a ton of fun. It got was. a new Battlefield coming. What they do a new Battlefield every year? Meh, whatever. Barely care. What about the Fallout 76? Fallout? I'm curious. I'm at, I got to a point with Fallout where I feel like I had done all the Fallout stuff that I need to do. But this one sounds really interesting. because this. Well, is nobody the, knows what kind of game it's going to be. Right. They haven't shown anything other than like a, a static screen. Is and that, is like that it? The, the strongest rumor is that it's going to be a multiplayer game. Um, so I don't know if it's going to be like a left for dead really kind of like, or like a, um, like a multiplayer, like you you build your settlement and you interact with other settlements because like, like the, but nobody knows the whole thing with seven, with the bunker 76 was like, nobody messed with them. Right. There was right. no vault, experiment. Vault 76 was a control vault, which means its purpose was exactly what they said it was. Right. Um, it, people lived there. There was a society. They had like regular lives. They played sports. All, most of the other vaults were like secretly terrible experiments. Right. Uh, but vault 76 was, was a control vault. So these people should be relatively well adjusted. Hmm. I don't know what that means though. 
Like, what does that mean? <laughs> you know, in the like, world of Fallout, who knows? Yeah, because like everybody else, you were like plugging, taking drugs and plugging things into your body to do shit, you know, and all of a sudden you can't do that. Okay. It's also the earliest. Uh, it's set earliest in the time uh, in the Fallout timeline of any of the other games. Uh, it's it's set. Um, I believe it's set like right around Reclamation Day, which was the day that humanity came out of the vaults yes. to reclaim mm. the world. Yes. And uh, so like when you play the later Fallout games, uh, especially like Fallout 3, Fallout 4, etc., humanity's been out in the world for a while. So there are like towns and cities. Yeah. And, I think this uh, is going to reveal how we got there. Right. So in this game, people will come out of the vault and there's nothing. Yeah. There's just like fucking death claws and rad scorpions. Yeah. So I'm guessing you're going to build society. That's mm-hmm. from what it looks like. I hope it's not like Fallout 4 had that like base building mechanic that I just don't care about. Yeah. That's I, I got really bored. I right away. I was just like, you know what? I think I'm done with Fallout. And not that it was a bad game. I just didn't want to get that deep into it. And was, Thankfully, in Fallout 4, the only time you actually have to do any of the base building is that very first base, and the rest of the time you can ignore it. There you go. For those of you who don't want to think about anything Fallout and just stare at boobs, Dead or Alive 6 is coming <laughs> early 2019, and it's still sexy as hell. Uh, bouncy. It's so bouncy. <laughs> they revolutionized bounce technology. Yeah. They did. Mm-hmm. They absolutely did bounce motion capture, from what I understand. Do they have a beach volleyball component? Oh, of or course. was that Probably. Oh, that was just a spinoff game. But I wouldn't surprise me if they suck, snuck something like that in there. Dudes, I'm telling you... Uh, Rage 2. Have you watched the trailer for Rage no. 2? Did anybody play yeah, Rage? I, saw it. I don't oh. remember Rage. What was Rage? It's kind of a Mad Max. It's like Max a Mad vibe. Max. Okay. Uh, yeah, but Rage 2 just looks over the top insane, hilarious. Who's fun. doing who does those? That that's again, that's Bethesda. Okay. Uh and and like so everybody's going to be streaming their press conferences. There's like no way you can't catch it it's like gonna be everybody's gonna be doing twitch and youtube and right. twitter and facebook like this stuff's gonna be everywhere so uh hell yeah starting today uh are we gonna get a new playstation console announcement <laughs> and a new xbox so. come on everybody i don't know about xbox but the playstation they did come out with that news not too long ago saying that like the ps4 console has lived its life then and we are ready to unveil it's like the next cell thing. phones now dude that shit yeah. come t- gets changed yeah, so fast but, but that means that there's probably still a good three or four years of development oh so yeah it's not no, like that's why i was just looking for like announcement i was just right they, it's theaters. not like they've got a new console ready to go and, and we're not talking about like it's the ps4 but slightly better it's the ps4 pro right you know that's different that's like saying that's like i got an iphone I got an iPhone seven. Oh, but I got an iPhone seven S or whatever. <laughs> you know, it's not like, it's not like that. Like, I don't know that we're going to get an announcement of an actual new, like a PS five. Right. Yet. Maybe a tease. Maybe, uh, maybe a tease. Speaking of teases. But like, I literally just got my PS four, so I'm not ready for that. Shit. <laughs> yeah. That's when it happens though, Joe, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's true. You're like, Hey man, I just got the shiny new. Oh, uh, yep. Garbage. Yeah, I got, I got, I got Throw the iPhone away. six. Like, and they're not making they any, the iPhone seven, and they're not making any more games for it. Speaking of teasing, Gears of War five. I, I guess I don't care about Gears anymore. Yeah, I really don't. Sadly, I, I had a lot like, of fun. We with had Gears. a blast with Gears, but yeah. like, I just, I just couldn't keep up. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it kept 
then it like really got on like gears train really kicked up yeah and i was like okay another one here's the side game with baird well and in the last game last gears which was great but the story mode was really short really and short. that that i think that's another thing that kind of burned me off of these games is that uh the story was so small yeah. the component that because because it's the multiplayer that carries it you Everybody know it's like wants it's to like play the halo it's like halo yeah. you know what i mean like you're gonna burn through that story real quick and then if you don't play multiplayer you don't play the right. game anymore so i'm saying give us the option let us download a 20 dollars story mode yeah i like that and yeah. if you want yeah, if you, you can want, hear, you get, like you get a discount on the multiplayer mode or vice versa right yeah. i'm just gonna download the multiplayer yeah. mode that's all i want and if you want to add on for 15 bucks here's the story mode that's a good model i can't believe anybody hasn't really jumped on they need to change this because like steam is kicking their ass Sure. And shit like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not, of course, they don't have the big names and stuff like that, but they realize we want to play a lot of games. And one of the things that stops us is spending 60 bucks. <laughs> it's what stopped me, dude. Seriously. Right? Like, you know, I, it's I, like, yeah. seriously, give it to us in pieces. So things like, you know, there's going to be a new NHL and an, an NFL and WWE, and those will all be announced here. But any more of those games, the improvements are so small. You know, they have not revolutionized any of the sports gameplay in any of these. And so it becomes like, oh, you get new arenas and WWE and you get all different costumes for wrestlers and shit. Just support one game and give us downloads, please. And then I will gladly throw money at Easter egg shit like that instead of spending $60 yeah. and then going, oh, I want to buy a $5 add-on for this and a $12 add-on for this and a bunch of fucking crates that may or may not have anything in them. You know, like, fuck you. Lots of AAA games do that. They like uh, they work on that model, the, the DLC model, the yeah. season pass, right? Yes. Like Fallout did it. Um, uh, uh, Far Cry 5 did it. A, a ton of these big, big games have the idea behind them that like people are going to be playing these games for at least a year or two. So let's put out the main game, have a complex story, do our thing. And then like every six months or so we'll drop another like little batch of three hour content. Right. Right. Uh, Matt, the mass effect games did it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and well, so why the fuck they, don't they do it with sports games? I don't know. Other than they just know people will spend money. They, yeah. It's a knee-jerk reaction. Anybody who's been playing NHL is going or to Madden. go out. Or Madden. Everyone Madden. I'll it get the new Madden. Gotta go Madden. get it. Madden, Madden, Because Madden. I want to compete and, you know, with my buddies and shit and whatever. And they, it's built in automatic $60, you know. Enough we're, about this. Let's yeah. talk about what we're playing right now. Yeah, we're going to be watching all these E3 announcements, and I'm sure we'll talk about it more on Cover to Cover next week. But right now, Jared, what are you playing? Okay, listen. Last time I was on here and I said something that I have to allow flush down the toilet oh boy okay i said that i only play one game and i focus on one game till it's done well uh -oh. things have things changed not necessarily uh well s starting okay that was upwards of two here's weeks the, ago and a lot of things have changed here's the freaking story <laughs> so uh all my free time that i usually play xbox um i changed to uh working on um online roll 20 D D and pathfinder games so like all my time i was spent doing something else well all of a sudden my my son, he's four years old. He gets, he starts looking at my box of video game, video games. Sure. And he starts looking and he's like, whoa, look at this. He flips over like uh, the art box art to this one. And he's like, oh my gosh, this has a big giant crazy snake monster. Let's play this. So he, he asked me to play. 
he asked me to play uh i picked up again fable the an- oh, really? anniversary edition yeah. of the very first game where Fable's it was re- remastered. Look, don't get me started on Fable. I love Fable so much. And, and it was because I got the, I went in whole hog and I got the uh, beautiful deluxe hardcover book that went along with the game that, you know, uh, and so it has a huge map in it of Albion. And so he loves the map. Oh, cool. And so like, he'll make me play it. And then between load screens, they show the map and, yeah. and, and it, and it shows your path and yeah. where you're at and it's a little animated and then he'll like grab the book and he'll flip the book open and he's like where are we and i'm like here i'll point on the map to him there so he loves that he feels like he's playing a story yeah because yeah and he's into it but he does not like my character to do naughty things like have sex <laughs> and, and get and get undressed because yeah, like, then he's all like hey, what watch, are you doing watch this conan <laughs> but but well there's parts in the game where you have to do it right and then there's and then he doesn't like me to have a beard. Like he was like, get rid of that beard. Like he freaked out when I put a beard on. <laughs> and so my character is like completely hairless. Because his he, dad shaved tattoos, his beard. Like tattoos. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, okay. But I have him, you know, whatever. It's, it's fun. And also, he saw my uh, case of Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. Okay, now that was a brainchild of R.A. Salvatore, and there was a baseball player. Kirk Schilling. Yes, and they, they put all this money into this game. Really? And it fucking flopped. I don't Big recall time this at bad. all. But it is a great game. I'm super upset that it flopped because huh. it's great. And they it put, is a good game. And uh, and then it was it was like like two three dollars like, and then like the game rights went to the city of what New Jersey was why because because that New, was New that, jersey is not a city well wh- whatever man i don't know <laughs> the world jersey city i There's don't know jersey the world city. uh there was the, the company was based wherever it was based and they owed the city a lot of money and when it flopped we'll the, call it Sakaka. the city we'll Sakaka. got <laughs> the rights to the game and all this crap and i'm trying to think there was another person that did like the character designs it's not mcfarlane was it who was it no Somebody did that. I feel like there was three powerhouses behind it. What's the name of this game? Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. And it's a blast. So I've been kind of juggling those two games because my kid will wants me to play them and he'll sit and watch them and we'll talk about them as we play. Uh, so that's kind of what I've been, been playing. But my number one obsession right now is Jurassic World Alive on my iPhone, dude. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> I cannot Why? stop playing. Okay, look, Pokemon Go, you can shove that up your ass. I don't give a shit about Damn. Pokemon. Okay, <laughs> but this is that's what it is. It's Pokemon Go with dinosaurs. And so you walk around and you find dinosaurs all over the city. And there's super rare ones and legendary ones and common ones. And then you send a drone up into the air when you find them. Okay. And the drone flies around and you target the dinosaur and you tr- shoot it with darts as it's as it starts to run away from you so it's like jurassic park monster hunter yeah 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 because okay. you, you, you get the dna dude but then when you got the dna baby you can start splicing your own dinosaurs making making indominus rex and all these <laughs> other crazy things and like ones i never even heard of and then you put them in then you build a team off of them right so i've okay. got like you could badass team of like eight dinosaurs and then you go out in the world and you fight joe schmo over here who's in kentucky and you fight your dinosaurs against his dinosaurs and look dude i love it Okay. Because I love dinosaurs. <laughs> All right. And I love the Jurassic movies. And uh, I'm obsessed with it. 
and it doesn't help that right outside my house are like supply drops and like a special event drop right outside my house. Oh, so it's real world shit too. Yeah, dude. It's so based on like, Google Maps. Out. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So oh. you have a supply drop, Matt, like right around the corner. And then, of course, the park that's right there. Yeah. Parks always have like special super dinosaurs. So you walk and down like there that. and so you, you, and just you go get it. Yes. So it's Pokemon Go yes. meets Monster Hunter. It's literally Pokemon it, Go. Yes, it's it like is. The exact because if you go to like, yeah, if you go to, okay. if you go to reviews, people are like, "Don't play this. It's just Pokemon Go." Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, but if you don't like Pokemon, but you like dinosaurs, then play it. Shut up, dude. Anyways, that's it for me. Fair enough. That's it. My main obsession is God of War. Oh the man. The God of War kind of reboot on PS4. It takes place in the same timeline as the original games, but it's several years later uh, where Kratos like settled down. He got married. He put his ways behind him. He's right. got a kid. And uh, everybody loves it. It's amazing. Uh, the, his wife has just died. The story is that his wife has just died. And her last wish was for her ashes to be scattered from the highest mountain in oh. the in the realm. Oh, and so Kratos takes his son Atreus on this quest. And along the way, of course, like it's very dangerous. They fight trolls and ogres and uh, hell walkers and all kinds of weird shit. You start to learn that there's more about the mom that than meets the eye. And instead of uh, it being tied to Greek mythology, like the original games, he's kind of moved on from that and, He's now interacting with the Norse pantheon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like the villains yeah. of the game are like Balder and like all these characters that you know from Thor comics. That's pretty cool. You know, he's hidden his true nature from his son and it starts to come out like, oh, uh, by the way, your dad is the Greek god of war and you're the son of a god and you have terrible powers. And it sounds like it could be annoying because like you're it's basically like one long escort quest. Right. Which everybody knows are the worst. But Atreus, the way they've done it, it's so genius. Not only is he a very useful companion, but the AI of that character does an amazing job of staying out of your way. There's never a moment where you're like, oh, shit, I have to stop moving because I lost my kid. Right. As the game progresses, you level him up with skill points and stuff, and he becomes, like, not only useful, but essential in some battles. So this is no Carl from The Walking Dead. (laughs) No, no, he's no Carl. And the biggest change about the game is that instead of those Blades of Chaos, no spoilers here, so I'm not going to mention anything more about the Blades of Chaos, but... You know, in the original games, he had these enchanted blades that were on long chains, and you just swung them a lot, swung them around all crazy like. Right. Now he's got something called the Leviathan Axe, which was forged by Asgardian dwarves. Oh. And it's a frost axe, and you throw it, and it comes back to you like Mjolnir. Cool. <laughs> and so you like you can hurl this thing, and it feels like it's got weight to it. And like it sticks in enemies. You can, there's two different buttons. You can throw it like overhand so that it's vertical. Right. Or you can sidearm it so that it flies horizontal. (laughs) And if you sidearm it, it'll stick in enemies and freeze them in place. Sweet. Damn. And you can leave them there while you fight other guys barehanded. And no one Or you can like throw it into the distance and then hit the recall button. 
and it will hit everything in its path on the way back. It's very satisfying. <laughs> very cool. <laughs> it's an amazing game. The way that they weave in the mythology of the original games is very subtle. And I'd go so far as to say that you don't need to know anything about the original games to enjoy this, and you might be better off. Really? Yeah, because the story is so fresh, and like slowly learning Kratos's history as you go is super cool. I have not yeah. been playing anything because I've had no time. <laughs> but you two Great jerks job. talk the whole damn time, so don't worry about that. <laughs> Jared, thanks for joining us for another yeah. uh, Twilling Your Thumbsticks. We will be sure to talk some more video game stuff on Cover to Cover next week. I hope you can join us because we'll be at the end of, of uh, E3. You know what? I do believe I have next. Yeah, I have next Saturday off. Well, good. There Look we at go. that. Oh, Magic oh, time. Right. Nice. Exhaust. Well, folks, that is it for THN 489. We are almost at the big 500, Joe. That is fucking crazy. Before we get out of here, Joe Patrick, tell these nerds about the new question of the week. This week's question comes from our main man, Wooly Toots himself. Inspired by the cover to Alpha Flight 12 and one shall surely die. What are your favorite comic book cover blurbs it's a fun one that's a really good one i want to say like 15 right now but i'm gonna save them thn i got my i got my one answer narrowed down already thn is a listener supported podcast and we want to thank everyone that shows out their hard-earned cash they could and probably should be spending at their local comic book shop every week by supporting this show on paypal and patreon without you nerds i cannot afford my amazingly detailed puck cosplay outfit that I have put together. <laughs> it's got definition in really weird places. Uh, no, buddy. <laughs> ripped. I'm built like a brick shit house. A really little one. Uh. <laughs> Before we go, our weekly shout out goes to Carl Camarillo Brillo Smith, who found himself a new job and is about to escape the realm of retail pharmacy hell. I think it's very brave of Carl to go from making, you know, good solid money as a pharmacist to working as a dog walker on the Rover app. I think that's really brave. I mean, yeah, and, and you know what? He's a courageous guy. He's chasing. Word to you, Carl. Congratulations, buddy. Until next time, true believers. Remember to pre-order your comics or your retailer might just convince your pharmacist to change his job, thereby removing your hookup for all your favorite pills. This is the two-headed nerd signing off. I'm not saying Camarillo Brillo was doing that for us. I'm not saying he wasn't doing it for us either. That's not how pharmacy works, <laughs> man. 